Man, having a beautiful time. Serendipity Podcast Season 2, Episode 17. Want to talk to him about what we're going to discuss today, Oak? Yes, sir. Please join us for a riveting conversation about walking it like you talk it, gratitude, expectations, and appreciation. Yes, Lord. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Serendipity with Inky Johnson across all podcast platforms as well as YouTube. Be sure to follow, comment, share, and subscribe. We greatly appreciate the support. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Peace. Peace. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Serendipity Podcast Season 2, Episode 1-7, as we say in sports. 17. 17. I'm Ink. I'm Oak. Man, um, feeling healthy, Oak. Yes, sir. Feeling swell, man. Feeling swell. <laughs> Rather swell, you know. How you Rightfully doing, so. man? Rightfully How you so, doing? man. I, I'm, in this moment, I'm, I'm over the moon, man, for no real. Doubt. For real. You know, anytime, anytime I get a chance to just chop it up with you and, and, and get in this energy space that, you know, it's hard to create. And, and any of my other partners, uh, people who are like-minded and like energy, uh, it's always good. It's refreshing. It's uplifting. No question, man. Um, one thing I wanted to uh, just start out with is, yes, is in, in terms of uh, our emotional and mental health. Mm-hmm. And I, one of my partners called me Sunday night, and we hadn't talked in a long time. He lives in New Orleans, right? We yeah. went to uh, went to Clark together. Went through the African Rights of Passage. You know, I I went before him. He's he's uh, younger than me. But he called me and we were just talking. He's a father. Mm-hmm. He's a husband. You know, career. So we already know, you know, of what that you. that life is like. And yeah. uh, we were just talking about maintaining yourself mm-hmm. in that whole process. And what I wanted to uh, just offer us in this mm-hmm. moment, and even to you, we hadn't talked about it uh, a whole lot, but making sure that we're cognizant and, and intentional about creating those moments mm-hmm. for ourselves. Absolutely. Every day. Absolutely. Every day. And not to feel guilty that uh, sometimes that may, we may have to put being fatherhood on hold. We may have to put husbandhood on hold. Mm. Because what I've experienced throughout my life, throughout the great elders, including my father, including uh, with Coach Graham and my uncles, that they were so committed to us and to their families that I think they left us and they transitioned prematurely mm. because they neglected themselves. Mm. So mm. the one of the greatest gifts that you can give your folks is you. Yeah. And the way Absolutely. in which you can continue to do that is make sure that on a day in and day out basis that you feed yourself, mm. you feed your mind, you feed your spirit, you feed your soul and whatever that may be hmm. and not get fooled by the notion of I got to, you know, put myself second. Yeah. You know, you you put yourself first. Yeah. So that you can put everybody else most. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Put yourself first. It's um it's like when you hear the quote when people say health is wealth. Mm. Like oftentimes that refers back to uh physical health, right? <laughs> Working out. And that's great, right? Mm-hmm. Health is wealth. But when we talk mental health, when we talk spiritual health, and just the totality of a person's health, making sure you're in a good space. Yes. Making sure your vibration is high. Making sure your frequency is in a place to where it's all good. I think it is It is important, man, to make sure every single day you're taking time for yourself to make sure 
you in order, your synergy is right, you all good, so you can operate in these other areas and aspects and facets of life because it's going to require a certain level of you that if you're not in order and you go and do it and you get outside of yourself, and then it's the snowball effect, yep. frustration, anger, yep. fatigue, whatever the case may be. Depression. And so, yeah, man. I'm um, picking up what you're putting down with that. For I, sure. I, I, I don't know how this will come out, but yeah. this is what I firmly believe, man. I hear a lot of times, and rightfully so and cool, people say, man, I want to build generational wealth. Mm-hmm. Right? I want to be able to leave something for my kids and my kids' kids, right. my kids' kids. And that's cool. Yeah. And I'm of I'm 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 wholeheartedly of the belief and the mindset and the actions of I want to build generational health. Mm. Yeah. Generational wealth is cool, but generational wealth would not be sustaining if it's not undergirded by generational health. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we all know what to eat, what not to eat. You know, you can right. research your family and the traits and your DNA and all of that and what's good for you and what's not good for you. You know, that that is every particular blood type or whatever. E- emotional health in, ter- in terms of your spirit, in terms of your mind, in terms of your soul, and making that your soul focus, not soul focus, your primary focus. Right. Then what cascades off of that is going to be generational wealth. Yeah. Absolutely. Because I can, you know, do some things and put some things in place right now that will create generational wealth for my kids and my kids' kids. Mm-hmm. Yet four generations down the line, we're going to probably be stuck in the same place because we were not uh, focused on generational health. Yeah, Because you, you get an estate and you got $40 billion and you have 16 people. Yeah. Uh, so they're going to fight over it and end up losing it because their mental state, their emotional state, their connection to God and to each other is off. Yeah. Because what? We're focused on those things that are material instead of focusing on things that are spiritual. Right. That's where, you know, for me, it's about um, developing and sustaining emotional health. You Generational it, health. You said it. That sustainability is key. It's like when they say it can't be <laughs> on you, it got to be in you. Yes. Right? And yes. oftentimes, even when you speak to generational wealth, like you said, it's cool, it's great. But oftentimes, we value more what we leave to a person than valuing what we leave in a person. Yes. Right? And I think that's far more supreme, what we leave in a person than what we leave to a person. Because yes. if you don't leave the right thing in a person, whatever you leave to that person is going to be compromised anyway mm-hmm. because they're not going to be in the right state to be able to handle it. Yes. Right? And so, yeah, I'm with you. If I'm you can you. feel it, touch it, see it, uh, Google it, it probably don't mean nothing. Yeah. But ideas and the spirit, are you can't destroy them. You can't destroy a spirit. Mm. You can't destroy ideas. Like, no matter how many times we go over to Iraq, Iran, wherever these countries we go and try to take over and bomb, every 20 or so years, what happens? Another insurrection happens. Hmm. We find ourselves in another war. We go to Vietnam, what happens? We, we end up going in and having to come out because we're trying to fight and kill an idea. Hmm. You won't ever be able to kill that spirit. Hmm. Hmm. Right? Yeah. So as long as we are about 
the, build, the, the business of building ideas in our young people in the next generation. As long as we're about the business of building the notion of, 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 of health, then it won't ever be destroyed. Yeah. That's just how you live and regenerate and regenerate and regenerate. Yeah. So. I got you. So, man, let's um, discuss one of these cards, man, and we're going to get into it. It says, your mantra is to say thank you. Just keep saying thank you. Don't explain. Don't complain. Just say thank you. Say thank you to existence. Say thank you. Don't explain. Don't complain. Just say thank you. Appreciation is uh, appreciation is your safeguard to life struggles. Meaning, regardless of what comes your way, however good, however bad, however destructive, however sad, however joyous, the appreciation of it will keep you from wallowing in it. Mm. Appreciate what you have. Appreciate the opportunity to put your feet on the floor. Appreciate the opportunity to see another day. Appreciate the opportunity to hear someone's words, regardless of how, how biting they may be, regardless of how uplifting they may be. We first start with appreciation. Yes, sir. Then we can deal with, oh, that made me feel pretty good when you said that. Or when you said that, that hurt my feelings. Mm. Yeah, but if I started with appreciation, then I can't do anything but grow and prosper. Yes, sir. Because your words now or your actions now won't be the main thing. The main thing is the opportunity to experience it. It's deep. Appreciation. I'm sorry. Appreciation is your safeguard to life struggles. Yeah, that's deep. And I like I like that you use appreciation, right? Because I firmly believe I always say to people, exchange expectation for appreciation, right? And oftentimes we live with so much expectation, mm-hmm. right? Like I told a guy earlier this week, I said I don't approach any situation with any level of expectation. Yes, I don't expect nothing of a person. I don't expect them to do something. I don't approach talk, anything with talk, any level of talk, expectation. Talk, man. Now appreciation. Yes, sir. I appreciate them if they do it. I appreciate if something goes right. I appreciate if it plays in my favor. But I always say exchange expectation for appreciation. appreciation. Stop expecting stuff of people. Right. Yes. I remember when I was young, man, I used to get mad if a person didn't handle a situation the way that I would handle it. Right. I would do it this way. But that ain't you. You understand? Like that ain't you. You can't get mad because a person didn't respond the way that you would respond. That ain't you. Exchange expectation for appreciation. And I feel like it's a lot of us going throughout life with anger, with different emotions because we expect things of people that we haven't even explained. Yes. We ain't even explained you, it. You need me to get the hey, amen? Come on, dude. Man, I need come to get on. my fan, man. Come on, D. Huh? Let's go, come man. Come on, man. Come on, like, man. Like, for real, last, just last week I had a uh, like a little town hall meeting with, with my uh, middle school students. So I got on the Zoom. I'm not the Zoom. We do use uh, Microsoft Teams, whatever. Yeah. And this is this is the thing that was crazy. I spoke to them from a a place of appreciation. Mm -hmm. I appreciate the energy that y'all come with. I appreciate everything that you're doing. I appreciate you going through, you know, y'all have been through two years of COVID and in and out of school and not knowing what's going to happen next and this, that, and the third. Y'all have experienced a lot. I appreciate y'all for being here. I appreciate teachers. I appreciate the work that you put in. 
Mm-hmm. I appreciate the sacrifices that you've made. You've sacrificed your families yeah. to come and work yeah. and come in and pour into other people's children. I appreciate it, right? Absolutely. As opposed to what if I said, I expect you to do this. Hmm. Hmm. And the re- reception I've gotten from that has been mind-blowing, yeah. even from the young folks. Mm. Like when I go and talk to them, I may do, you know, teach a little lesson in math or whatever. I, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I appreciate y'all for just being here. Everybody was not on point. Right. Some of them acted up. Some of them didn't uh, pay attention to the way in which I think they should have. Yeah. But me showing or even expressing my appreciation, it changed the whole dynamic. It changed the whole energy of the room. Absolutely. Absolutely. Appreciation can change a whole climate. Mm. Of any corporation. Absolutely. Any business. Absolutely. Any family. That's Absolutely. how powerful appreciation is. Absolutely. Man. And expectation <laughs> can destroy a country. Destroy. It you can destroy it. a person. Yep. It can destroy a relationship. Expectation can destroy a relationship between a father and a son. Mm. A mother and a daughter. Absolutely. Expectations is the reason that most times the marriages are dissolving. Mm. Because you have expectations that weren't met. What if we didn't have the expectations at all and we just started with, I appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you for choosing me. Absolutely. Or even unspoken expectations. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> the expectations come, <laughs> you know, non-verbal. We have non-verbal expectations. Absolutely. That is. You know what I'm saying? You walk in the house and yeah. you know you're supposed to. <laughs> you were supposed to wash the dishes, right? Yeah. And you didn't. You forgot. You got to get doing <laughs> yeah. something. And Allison walk in and yeah. she see the dishes knowing you supposed to wash them. And she yeah. say, it's on. It's on and popping. And just walk upstairs. That's all she says. <laughs> <laughs> and walk upstairs. Yeah, it's on. <laughs> so now we got to go and unfix some things. Yeah, my, boy, some- my boy told me early. I was talking to him. You talking about something him and, him and his wife got into. He said, boy, I went home and got ready for the war. <laughs> He said, he said, I prepared for war. I said, you prepared for war? He said, I just knew when you came through the door, it was about to be war. Listen, man. Listen. Yes, just, just yesterday. Not yesterday. <laughs> What's the day? We taping on Tuesday. Sunday. Yeah. Sunday. Wifey came home. I'm, I, I'm, I think I'm batting a thousand. Mm-hmm. I done cleaned the kitchen. Yes, I done cleaned the, uh, the, the living room. Everything's up. Ain't got even swept the floor. Swept the floor. She walk in and the first thing she see is a streak that I weighed some juice. And I thought, and I cleaned the juice up. Yeah. But it still was a streak so left. So you thought. I thought. Yeah. It was a streak left. So we spent all day Sunday just looking at each other sideways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and so yesterday she, she said, I, when I walked, walked in the house, I saw a streak this long uh-huh. in the floor. Yeah. And the first thing she saw. Yeah. So no matter how good I had done, her expectation wasn't met. Yeah. And my and I got upset because yeah. I had the expectation of, oh, okay, we finna have a good day. Yeah. As opposed to, you know what? I appreciate I my mindset should have shifted. I appreciate you made it up the road safely. Yeah. I appreciate you had the opportunity to spend time with your family, with your mom. No doubt. Right. I appreciate you being here. Absolutely. But because I had expectations, mm-hmm. I had set the expectations that she's gonna be good. Yeah. When she got here and when she wasn't, it shifted my energy. Mm. Yes, sir. That's a me issue. That, everything is a you issue. So that was me. Yeah. Because if I were in the mind state of, oh, you made it safely. Yeah. Right. Then that streak that was this long mm-hmm. and her being upset about it, it wouldn't have moved me. Mm. That's how powerful 
appreciation is. Yeah. And how damaging expectations are. Yeah. Yeah, that's good, man. That's so true. Because, like, we just expect so much as people, man. And I think when you when you exchange that thing for appreciation, it flips the mood, it flips the mindset, the disposition, and the attitude. And so I want to I wanna get into something, Oak, I've been thinking about, man, and, you know, I think about it a lot. Um, and it happens in every area and aspect of life. Why is shortcuts, why do you think shortcuts are so enticing? Mm. Um, A, because it, you get and receive more than what you put in. Hmm. Right? Yeah. You, it's, out, it's like for a moment you get a chance to cheat the universe. Hmm. You get a chance to receive um, the material things without having put in the work equity of it. Yeah. Right. So it's enticing because it's momentary. Yeah. It's immediate. Give you a rush. Right there. That rush it's the rush that's enticing. Mm-hmm. The shortcut is just the means by which you get the rush. Yeah. Right. So it's not it's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. We know that. But the reason that I think one of the reasons is that we're wired. We're wired to have in our basic animalistic instincts. Mm-hmm. It is. Today, I wake up, I go find food, I get the food, I eat it. Right. And then you have some species that were smart enough to say, today, I wake up, I go find food, and I store it. Mm-hmm. The animals and species that stored the food are still here today. Right. The animals and species that went and ate the food every day mm-hmm. became extinct. Absolutely. Yeah, it is literally a, a matter of life and death, Absolutely. or sustainability. Sustainability. That's the benefit of not going with the shortcut. But why we, why do we, um, or why are we so enticed with the shortcut is because it gives us momentary gratification. Mm-hmm. It gives us an opportunity to receive something immediately. I put in the work, a little bit of work, I receive it immediately. Or I put in a little bit of work and just so happen I get a great gain from it, a great return from it. Absolutely. So now I feel like I'm able to cheat the universe. It almost gives you a God complex. Mm. I can put in five and receive 20. No, sir. Right? Yes, because over time, no. Because over time, what's going to happen? You're going to become extinct. Mm. And it's going to be self-inflicted. Yes. From your behavior, for, your actions, mm-hmm. and your thought process. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's almost like, you know, when you see a cat get to a moment in life to where it seemed as if everything is going wrong, right? It seems as if the wall's falling down. It seems as if, man, don't nothing work. Oftentimes, it was decisions and choices made far prior to that moment that's contributing to that moment seeming as if the walls are falling down. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at shortcuts in different areas and aspects of life, I always think to the point of, like, man, you know that's an illusion. Right? You know it's an illusion. Mm-hmm. You know sooner than later you're going to end up in a dead end. You know sooner than later you're going to get to a point in space and place in your life to where when it doesn't work, it's going to be hard to turn that finger back. Like, when you point and you blame a person, it's going to be hard to turn that thing right. back and say, nah, this is me. Mm. Yep. I did that. 
when I thought I was getting ahead and I knew what I was doing in the decisions and the choices I was making. I always say, like my boys say, hard work works, man. Yeah. <laughs> hard, hard work, work works. works. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It may be hard, it may seem hard, but hard work works. And that's and it's the double entendre. Mm. Hard work works, meaning the action of you of working. Yes, like sir. actually doing something. But hard work works in that when we say works, it is successful. It is going to pay off. Absolutely. Right? Hard work works. Yeah. Um, it yields, man. Yes. It yields the thing that is healthy. It yields the thing that is fruitful. It yields the thing that is going to be sustainable. Um, so when I, you know, in the profession that I'm in, I always go back to young people. So that those shortcuts. Right. I'm at a place now being 20 plus years in this education game. I deal with students literally on the basis of they come and, and our teachers may say such, such student did this, that, and the other. And the only thing I want you to do is tell me what happened. Mm-hmm. And as they're telling me what happened, I just count. I'm doing this. Count the number of times they say I. Mm. And most times when I first have the conversation with them, I don't, I don't use one finger. Mm-hmm. It's always she or he did, they did, mm-hmm. Mr. Such and Such, Ms. Such and Such, the kids did. And I said, okay, cool. Yeah. Now, I don't care nothing about that. Right. We, I don't even want to get to the situation that happened. Mm-hmm. I want to get to the, to the real rat killing of the matter, yeah. which is I. Don't talk to me unless you use the word I. Yeah. Yeah. So that I'm beginning to teach, uh, hopefully, that I'm beginning to teach that you take ownership, that you own your shit. Yes, sir. That you own it. Then once you begin to own it, then we can branch out and solve the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what owning it does is it eliminates you from falling in love with the shortcuts. Yeah, absolutely. Own yours first. Yeah. Because what they're doing, even in that moment, is trying to take the shortcut. Let me tell Mr. Mitchell what I think he, I, he need to hear. Or let me tell Mr. Mm. Mitchell something that is not going to incriminate me. Like the elders say, sweep in front of your own front door before you sweep in front of mine. Exactly. Exactly. So you let's do, let, but what has to happen is we got to teach that early on. And if, you, if it hasn't been taught to you, then as an adult, responsible adult, mm. then look, always look at yourself first. Absolutely. Whenever you're telling a story about something that happened. Right. Mm-hmm. Tell this. Always tell the story from the perspective of what you did and what you could have done differently, or what you did wrong. Absolutely. Or what you could have done better, or what were you, what were your shortcomings in the matter? Mm-hmm. Tell the story from that perspective. Yeah. And 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 then reevaluate and see how that story feels to you. Absolutely. And but what I, it creates. Right. And the creation of it, I guarantee you, is going to be a better you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be a better you. I love that, man, because, you know, when I was a graduate assistant coach on the Monty Kiffin, and, you know, no yeah. Monty Kiffin, one That's of the great. greatest coaches of all time. But one of the things I love learning from him was whenever he would put in a scheme, a mm-hmm. philosophy, a new defense, right? Every week he putting in, he plugging, he pulling away, he plugging. Whenever he would put something in, no coach could ever come to him and say, Man, this cat can't get it. It's too Mm. complex. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's too comprehensive. He can't pick it up. You could never go to Monty Kiffin and tell him that a kid couldn't pick up whatever it was that he was trying to put down. Yeah. Because his response would always be, you're the teacher, right? And so it's your responsibility to make him get it. 
Yes. And so you put it in a way to where he, he can, can get, get it. it. But don't ever come in my office and blame a kid and say he can't get it so you can make an excuse or take a shortcut and yeah, take exactly. the easy way out to try to replace the kid. Yes. Yes. Right? And yeah. I love that because it made me a better coach. Mm-hmm. Because now I had to think about the situation differently. I had to respond to it differently, figure out different methods and strategies. And so I love, I love that you said that. And it's, it's for me, you know, we have this thing called uh, teacher keys. It's uh, the way in which we evaluate teachers, right? It's mm-hmm. a platform and it's a set of, uh, it's like a, a way in which, you know, several questions that had 10 standards that the teacher is the teacher professional. Do they use uh, differentiate instruction and do the content knowledge, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Right. The number one thing I, I evaluate a teacher on is this. When their students are struggling, how hard do they fight to figure out how to teach them in such a way that they can get it? Mm. That's it. That's it. I don't care. What you know, what you don't know, I don't care how professional you are, because if you have that level of responsibility, all those other things that I said I don't care about yep. will fall into place. Yep. If you yep. have the the self-efficacy and the pride within what you do to be like, this, this child, these children are going to learn what it is I need them to learn, come hell to high water, and no matter how much I need to shift and adjust. Mm. Because I, what I, I tell teachers is I need you to be water. Water. Yes, sir. Because water is going to always conform to whatever shape it's put in. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when you walk into a classroom as a teacher, when you walk into any situation as a leader, as someone who is, is expected and needed to be the one to lead the folks, you got to be water. Yes, sir. You got to be able to adjust to whatever crowd you walk into. You're a public speaker. No doubt. You have to be water every time you go on stage. Absolutely. Because you got to figure out what it is that these people need. Mm-hmm. Because if you walk in as a solid, if you walk in as earth, if you walk in as fire, mm-hmm. you're going to burn the thing up. <laughs> if you walk in as earth, you're not going to shift and be able to to meet the needs of what the, the ears and the hearts of the folks will need to hear from you. Mm-hmm. But if you walk in as water, then you will be able to adapt. Yeah, That's why humility is water in the elements. Yeah. Yeah. It says it. People may forget what you do. People may forget what you say, but people will never forget how you make them feel. Yes, sir. And so when you said dealing with them based upon when your child is struggling, I'll never forget when I was about to put ink in the sports, I was talking to a gentleman that had played at a high level in terms of baseball. And I was like, man, what do I need to look for? Even though I played, you know, I didn't play it like that. I played football like that. What do I need to look for? You played it. You got extensive knowledge of it. Talk to me. He said, all that is cool, man. Skill sets, you know, drills, all that cute stuff is cool. He said, but find you somebody, program, organization, coach, that loves your kid and not likes your kid. Mm -hmm. He said, because if you find you somebody that loves your kid, and not just likes your kid, you find you somebody like that so when your kids start struggling, they don't try to just replace them based upon their skill level and their talent. If your kid is slugger and he starts struggling, if they like him, they just gonna try to find somebody to put in this position that they Mm -hmm. feel can do what he does. Mm -hmm. But if you find somebody that loves your kid, when your kid starts struggling, they gonna look for different strategies and different approaches to get the most out of your kid and not letting one moment and one situation Mm -hmm. define Mm -hmm. your kid. Yes. And 
find you somebody that love them and not like them. And that's that's the criteria. Like if if, if we're teachers, yeah. Uh, if you love them, then you're not gonna give up on them. Yeah. Even in the midst of their struggles, in the midst of their foolishness, you're not gonna give up on them. Well, now, what that looks like. Oh, of course, it's going to look different and this, that, and other. But you're not going to give up on them. Your investment is always going to be in them. And for me, again, that's my criteria of of, of evaluating teachers. Okay, as I'm listening to you speak, something popped in my head. So we got the teachers, administrators. We got the team, right, mm-hmm. in the building that's there for the students and that's getting the most out of the students. How do you see the breakdown of who cares and who supports the teachers? Me. You. Got you. I, I will always say, you know, for the probably past 12 years, I've been in a position where my direct uh, interaction has been with with adults, with teachers. Yeah. Right? Even when I was as an instructional math coach and as an administrator from a principal assistant principal standpoint. Mm-hmm. My focus is to support teachers. Yeah. It, it That's it. And sometimes that may rub people the wrong other people the wrong way. Yeah. Sometimes it it I have to sacrifice um even being kind of admonished by my superiors. Mm. But I take that L. Just like as a teacher, whatever my administrators, if I had to take an L for supporting my students. Yeah. Like you witnessed that firsthand. No I'm gonna take that L. No question. Right? Because the people that I'm trying to lead, I gotta serve. I'm I gotta love. Yeah. The people I'm trying to save, I got to serve. Mm-hmm. I just believe that, right? Yeah. So technically in the ideal world, the administrators are those are, are the ones who should be supporting, uplifting, loving on the teachers and let the teachers love on the kids. Too often I hear administrators say, you know, I'm about the kids, I'm for the kids. Mm-hmm. And I, I understand that. Right. In a in a very esoteric and and you know, grandiose way, mm-hmm. but in a functional type way, I got to love the teachers. Yeah, I got to uplift the teachers. I got to undergird the teachers. I got to support the teachers. No doubt. Then that will cascade to the students and their academic achievement and their, you know, self-fulfilling prophecy of understanding who they are and being mm-hmm. the best of themselves. Yes, sir. So it's kind of, you know, I know that's not the way in which it's taught. I know that's not the way in which most schools work and function. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like a, especially up north, you know, they got unions unions and mm-hmm. stuff where yeah. it's the administration and the teachers are at, always kind of at odds. Yeah. And then the, the kids some kind of way got to benefit from it or lack thereof. For me, it's my, my the teachers are, are mine. And not mine like in possession, but mine in terms of that's my love. That's my heart. That's who I'm going to support. That's who I'm going to ride with first and foremost. No doubt. I'm going to ride with my teachers. Yeah. Done got written up. Done got suspended. Done for real. Like no I've doubt. gotten suspended in from real life. <laughs> in real life. No doubt. Uh, for riding for my teachers. Yeah. On several occasions. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm just. And, and you know, I, I know there's a lesson somewhere that I need to get. I ain't, I ain't got the he ain't through working with me yet. I ain't got them. I'm just I'm gonna ride with him, man. I'm just gonna ride with him. Yeah, for sure. Come hell out war. As high as you can get it. <laughs> I'm telling you, because I I really respect, honor, and know what it's like, man. You know how many days I went home crying from fooling with y'all, mm. and not crying because I'm sad. 
in terms of anything that y'all have done, but crying because God, these these young folks got to deal with this. Yeah. And it's only a few of us on the front line who really give a rat's ass about y'all. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No doubt. No doubt. For and real, so for those real. ones, those those 100, those teachers who are 100 about it, mm-hmm. I got to be 100 for them. Yeah. Because there was somebody who was 100 for me. Mrs. Nelson was 100 for me yeah. when I was dealing with y'all. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? If he would have been like, no, you can't, uh, you know, you, you can't you can't get down with them the way you get down with them. Yeah. It might be, we, we, we wouldn't even, maybe not even be here today, bro. No question. No question. Right? So the same way he, he rode for me, I got to ride for them. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I think it's, I think it's beauty and power in that, man, because... Like when you tap into that source of being willing to ride for something like that, regardless of the consequences, because you believe so strongly in what you're doing. Yeah. The spirit of that. Like like I was teaching my kids about and we always talk to them about it. But every MLK day. Right. When the program come on, like forever. My mom made me watch it forever. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it strikes up dialogue every time that comes on. Making. My kids were not making, but trying to explain and articulate to them the spirit of King yeah, and how he operated. Right. Like, man, I'll never forget when I went to the Edmund Pettus Bridge. You know what I'm saying? And I'm I'm, I'm speaking in that city and self. But I went to the bridge, took a picture in front of the bridge and I was just out there looking. Right. And it was just playing through my mind what had happened. Mm-hmm. Right, and I thought about, like, man, cats got their skulls crushed. Yes, sir. And they went back. Like, cats really got their skulls crushed. Like, cats getting, and and they went back. Mm-hmm. King, educated brother, John Lewis, John all Lewis, cats, like man. all them cats, like. But I'm talking about like that that sparked the movement and was like, you know what, man? Like, I believe in this so much. Y'all can call my house and tell me y'all going to murder my whole family. They ain't moving me. I'm standing on what I'm standing on. Bro, come on, man. I'm telling you, man, it's the same way the cats uh, in the Middle East, the way they they walk around with a bomb on them. I'm dying for this. This idea, this belief, this freedom, this liberation is bigger than me. These folks, these cats walked across this bridge knowing that the bullets are going to come, knowing that these bats are going to come. And signed up for it time and time again. Yeah. That kind of inner resolve is what we're trying to, what we're trying to create and get and recapture that energy that we're trying to recapture. Do you have to walk and get your head beat in? No. Hmm. But every day you wake up, I'm fighting for something bigger than me. That's it. That's it. I'm fighting for something greater than me. That's it. I'm fighting for something that's going to be here long after I'm gone. That's it. Long after my kids' kids are gone. That's it. They're old. That's it. Talking about fighting for it. And, and, and when and if or we tap into that source, mm-hmm. ain't no stopping. Ain't no stopping. There's yeah. no stopping, bro. There's no stopping. Yeah. It's um it's beautiful, man, because like when I think about even what you did with me and the cats that was in our class, right? It does something to the person that you're serving and you care for. Right. We hear the quote that says the harder you work, the harder it is to surrender. Mm -hmm. Right. 
I firmly believe also the harder you love a person, support a person, care for a person, show empathy toward a person, sacrifice for a person, the harder it is for that person to surrender. Yep. You feel me? Yeah. Like, I, when, when you were doing what you were doing for me, sacrificing for me, or when my mother would go work a double shift at Wendy's, and I would see a sack. Like, probably never forget my mom's, like, stole a pair of drawers out of Kessler's for me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that does something for the person that's getting cared for. Right? Like, when I got to Tennessee, there was no way I was finna trick my opportunity off. You know how many people played a part in me getting to this position? Yep. The quote, I come as one, but I stand as 10,000. Understanding and being cognizant about what you're a part of and the people that played a part and you getting in position. Mm-hmm. Right. That does something for not only the person that's doing it, but the person that is being done for. Yes. Right. Yes. I appreciate you for that. Love, brother. I appreciate you for Love, that, man. Oh, uh, what that one at, man? I want to tap on this because this is important and you touched on it. And then we can land the plane with it. All right. It said you can preach a better sermon with your life than with your lips. Uh, you know, I hear a lot of time people say, you know, you can wa- walk it like you talk it, talk it like you walk it. Um, Migos. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, they say, like, when your words and actions match up, mm-hmm. that's what you're trying to get to. That's the greatest form of uh, communication. That's your sermon. And I guess I, I just, I'm, I stopped by today, as the, 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 the preachers might say, um, I stopped by to say to offer maybe a little different perspective on it. The real sermon is what you teach with your heart. Mm-hmm. Because in reality, I can make my actions and my words match up mm. and still not believe it. Mm. Yeah. That's when you say, you know, you're a public success and a private right, failure. Yeah. Or you can be a private success and a public right. failure. Yeah. Right. But when you when you are walking and following your heart and when people really understand that and they're going to feel that, mm-hmm. right, they're going to feel that you're speaking from your heart, that you're moving in your heart, that your actions are from your heart. Meaning yeah. you doing this, there's no um, there's no exchange for it. Right. Right. There's no transaction. I'm doing this. If you give me a, a dollar or two, cool. If you don't, that's cool too. No doubt, man. My granddad, my granddaddy used to. He just tricked me all the time. He used to say, you know, he would give us come and get me. I, we had to go and uh, I'd either uh, go out in the woods with him. We cut down a tree, you know, whatever, make some fire, get some firewood, and we'd load it on the truck, unload it, stack it up, put a little bit on the porch. About two and a half hour worth of work. Ain't? Now, mind you. When I'm leaving his, about to leave his house from out to his house, it's just seven thirty in the morning. Yeah, yeah, we've been out there before the sun came up for real. Yeah, and he'll say, "What I owe you?" Yeah, ain't no way in hell, yeah, but I'm gonna be able to. You already set up. You yeah. already know that's the setup. Because if I say, "And yeah, yeah, about ten dollars," yeah, yeah, he would have gave me the ten dollars. Yeah, and by the time I got home, he'd been on call my dad and butt would have been waiting on me. Yes, sir. You know, That's so you learn to do things at your heart and not expecting anything in return. Mm-hmm. That's your sermon. Mm. What you do with no, when you have no expectations of a transaction? Mm. Yes, sir. What do you do? What do you say? Like I tell other folks all the time, man, I coach football from 2008 
to today. Mm-hmm. And that's 14 years. I may have taken off two years, right? So maybe the past 12 years, I ain't seen a check yet. Mm. But I've gotten paid. Yes, sir. I've gotten paid. Yes, sir. The young fellas going off to be, do well in high school, going off to go to college, mm-hmm. right? Be simp, being the best coach in the city. Print up, being the best assistant coach in the city. I put that up against anybody, just in terms of the numbers, whatever. Yeah. I know Coach Miles, A1. Coach Hackney, A1. But, hey, these cats got something to say, too. And it's all good because, you know, that friendly competition. Yeah, but what yeah, I'm saying is, that. and I work with them. Yeah. Been on their sideline. Mm-hmm. Been in consultation with them. That's my payment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I've been paid in full. Mm-hmm. Coaching and football. Some. Right. It don't owe me no change. Then some. So what the 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 statement is saying is uh your sermon is how you how well you walk in terms of and in behind what your heart is, mm-hmm. where your heart is. Yes, sir. That's your sermon. That's who you are. That's what you believe. Yes, sir. See, people can say anything. Yeah. People can do anything. Yeah. People can make their doing and their sayings match. Yeah. But what's real is where your heart is. You can't hide you can't that. Fake that. You can't fake it. You mm-hmm. can't fake it. Yeah. You can't fake it. You said it, man. Ain't nothing else. Ain't nothing else to put on top of that. Hey, the only only thing Ain't I got, man. The only thing I got. Only thing I got that we land this plane, as you say, is um. Um, we I guess this this past week or whatever, you said we on the charts. Yeah. And I don't know what the hell that means. You know, I ain't, <laughs> I ain't in this arena now. I don't know what on the charts mean or whatever. You got to help me out. Which we on the charts. <laughs> we up through there. So no. Yeah, man. We landed on the charts, man. That's that's uh that's beautiful, man. What the hell as, it mean? As, as we was, that mean they picking up what we putting down. Like, oh, okay. We picking up what we putting down. That means the supporters picking up what we putting down. Oh, well, man. thank you. Thank you. you. Know? Thank and you. And we greatly, thank you. greatly appreciate that, yeah, man. Because yeah. that ain't, you know, it's a, lot of, it's a lot of podcasts in the world. It's a lot of people that people can support. It's a lot of people you can lend your ear and your time to. And so for you guys to, to tap in with us, man, and, and support us and put us on the charts, that means a lot. You know, and we greatly appreciate that, and we never take that for granted. And okay, then there's some folks we got to thank for real, for real. No I doubt, know, Simone's one of them. Simone, Evan, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Jose and Nikki on the other side that uploads it. We yeah. greatly appreciate yeah. y'all. You know, uh, Keyshawn, Keyshawn, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Kurt, Patchwork, for sure. You know what I'm saying? The folks, Wazo, watch out, man. Inky, Okafenuous. <laughs> But uh, I, if if I can, just just to take a moment, yeah. I know she probably don't want to. I, I would love for her to come 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 here for a moment, uh, Simone, Indeed. so we can see, and so the world can see. She always behind the camera, you who, know, who make this all of this happen, make it pop. You know what uh, I'm saying? The great one, um, the great <laughs> one. But 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 to be real, as, as wonderful and 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 magnificent as she is, we we don't. Uh, schedule these, this time without her. Absolutely. Right? She is the one that we don't come in here unless she's in here. For sure. So for that, we say thank you. For Absolutely. that, we're honored. Greatly. And we're going to keep this train pushing. And we've talked about different ways that we're going to collaborate and work together. But I I would be remiss if I didn't offer, and from Inky and myself, if I got permission to speak for you, brother. Yes, sir. Um, I would, I would just sincere gratitude. No thank doubt. You. No doubt. Thank you. Thank you. No doubt. For sure. For sure.
Greatly appreciate you. Wow, man. That's, you know, we started this. You asked me. I didn't know where we're going with it. I'm mm -hmm. just following you. But uh, but we're grateful that, you know, that people have, uh, have taken a liking to what we're doing. Absolutely. You know, we're going to keep pushing it, expanding it. Look forward. I want you guys to look forward to uh, even even more and bigger things that we got in store. Absolutely. And I think, you know, just to culminate it, it's the essence of what we spoke to earlier in in this episode. You know, it's not expectation, it's appreciation. Yes. Yeah. And we appreciate people that take time to actually support us and we don't show up, put content out, and just expect you to support us. Right. We appreciate, appreciate it. it. Exchanging expectation for appreciation. Appreciate y'all, man. And we out. Peace. Peace.